Hello and welcome to this edition of Café Klingendaal. My name is Rem Korteweg and I'm joined here by Margriet Drent. Uh, Margriet is the head of the security unit at the Klingendaal Institute and a expert on European defense. Margriet, um, I'm very pleased that you can join us today. Uh, I'd like to talk about um, the speech that uh, Emmanuel Macron, President of France, gave on the 26th of September and focus specifically on what he proposed regarding European defense. And he said Europe needs to establish a common intervention force, a common defense budget and a common doctrine for action. What did you make of his speech? Uh, well, thanks, Rem. Uh, lovely uh, to be here. Uh, what did I make of his speech? Uh, well, I thought it was a, a speech that fitted very well into the tendencies that have been ongoing uh, since the EU global strategy has come out in 2016. Namely, uh, a big push on, uh, on defence. And indeed, the protection of Europe uh, and defence was a big part of his speech. And I thought that he argued uh, uh, ideas that lie very much into the continuous uh, ideas uh, on permanent structured cooperation, uh, the European Defence Fund that we already have, uh, and uh, also plans for further integration. So I wasn't very surprised by his proposals, and I thought that yeah, he pointed the dot at the horizon in which direction the EU is already heading at the moment. That's interesting that you say. So it wasn't really a revolutionary speech. It was rather reaffirming a trend that is already ongoing. Yeah, of course, it, it's French. So <laughs> revolutionary, visionary, it certainly was. Uh, you wouldn't expect uh, a German uh, minister uh, saying something like this. Uh, but it fits very nicely into the French position, uh, the European Defence Fund and uh, a common budget. That is something that has been uh, on the wish list of the French for a long time. Um, and also the uh, more operational side to uh, European defence, instead of only focusing on capabilities, is also something that the French have been propagating uh, since long. So in that sense, it wasn't an, uh, a surprise. And also it fitted very well into Sarkozy's uh, call for a growing together of the European uh, strategic cultures. Uh, he referred to a, a common doctrine, to a more unifying uh, strategic culture in, in Europe. This and is Sarkozy in, in 10 years ago. Yes, absolutely. So this, these are not new plans in that sense, but it's uh, reaffirming France's yeah, wish that um, Europeans would be a bit more French, <laughs> to be honest. So more interventionist, uh, helping the French. Uh, with their agenda in, in uh, northern France, uh, growing together in that sense as well. You, you, men you mentioned Germany, and of course we've all been following the aftermath of the German elections uh, last Sunday. Macron in his speech also points to uh, French-German cooperation on a number of his EU proposals. Do you see um, this proposal on European defence also being resonated in Germany. Is there German support for his suggestions for a common intervention force, a common defense budget and a common doctrine? 
Um, well, it, I, th- I thought it was very telling that uh, Sigmar Gabriel, the, the German foreign minister, uh, mentioned a lot of these issues from his uh, from his speech, but specifically left out the defense uh, part. Uh, so the cooperation or more intensifying cooperation on security was mentioned, but particularly not the defense side. And I'm not really surprised by that because of the well, negotiations that have been going on between Germany and France on the content of PESCO and the push that the French are making for a more operational PESCO. PESCO is permanent structure cooperation. Sorry, permanent structure cooperation vis-à-vis the German wish to have a more broad, uh, inclusive PESCO, uh, particularly uh, focused on uh, capabilities and all kinds of medical command type uh, proposals. So uh, the response in Germany uh, differs, I suppose, uh, among parties. I can imagine uh, the the liberals have always um, been uh, for a more activist Europe on defense. So I would expect that uh, uh, the liberals would would embrace this more than, for instance, um, the uh, social democrats. Although the social democrats have always said that we want a European army, but then more of a European army that is not very interventionist, uh, I I would uh, suspect. And I suppose that it can be embraced by uh, the the Christian Democrats as long as uh, Merkel is convinced that the vast majority of European states uh, will follow and that there will not be uh, a dictate of the two big uh, uh, countries, Mm -hmm. uh, the French and the Germans. Now, you mentioned uh, the term European army, and uh, some commentators have suggested that Macron's initiatives or the trend that the EU is on generally when it comes to defense integration will lead to a common, unified European military force. What do you think? Well, I I think it's always very misleading to speak about the European army, because that is not what this is about. Uh, it depends, of, of course, very much on what your definition is of a European army. If you talk about a unified command with uh, uh, the, the European member states handing over their sovereignty over uh, deploying their troops to some kind of a European government, uh, with also a foreign policy uh, to, uh, to guide that uh, defence policy, uh, then yes, but that is not in the cards, at least not for a long time. Uh, We're here talking about increased cooperation, uh, about uh, better uh, working together and uh, making uh, European defence more autonomous and more effective. And that is, I suppose, what we're trying to do. And uh, I think that we're on the track of indeed uh, agreeing that more work, uh, working together, more cooperation and more integration to some extent, uh, could be beneficial to the European defence effort. But the European army is misleading and uh, will have all kinds of political warning signals for a lot of camps and is therefore counterproductive to my, uh, to my opinion. And all of this, all these initiatives, are going to cost a lot of money. Um, are European countries, are the French, are the Germans willing to spend more money on defense and sufficiently so? That's a very good question. And that is indeed uh, the big question that's hanging over the markets, because indeed it's not only uh, for NATO that it's necessary to increase our defense spending 
and the Europeans are very notorious for underspending on defense in the last uh, uh, more than one decade. And, uh, well, I don't see large sums of money uh, being added to defense budgets uh, in the types of democracies that we're talking about and the types of priorities that these democracies have in terms of healthcare, education, infrastructure, etc. So there is a clear trend that um, there's going to be more spending on defense, and that is also very necessary, but it's alone necessary uh, for well, regaining on all that, uh, on the, all the savings that uh, all these defense organizations have been gone through. So we have to um, repair a lot of uh, things uh, in European defense, and we also need to add new money. And to be honest, I see a trend towards more money, but it will not be to the amounts that we need for an autonomous European defense. Now turning to the Netherlands, what do you think the Dutch government uh, makes of the Macron initiative? Is it something that it will support or is it something that is frowned upon generally? Well, I suppose the Netherlands is, is not so much of the visionary type uh, of country. Uh, the Netherlands is much more pragmatically uh, invested in European defence. And therefore would, I suppose, uh, also uh, highlight and, and uh, continue with uh, current pragmatic uh, continuation of what we're already doing. So, but the Netherlands is really a champion, I suppose, of uh, defense integration in itself. Uh, I don't think there's a country that is more coordinating and cooperating uh, with other countries than the Netherlands. For instance, uh, with uh, Germany, uh, we have integrated our uh, air mobile brigade uh, with the uh, Division Schnelle Kräfte. For instance, we have a tank battalion in the uh, Panzer Division of, of the Germans. Uh, we work with the Brits. Uh, we have a, a shared navy with the, the Belgians. Uh, so, and that's only uh, the highlights of the many uh, cooperation initiatives that the Netherlands does. And this is going to continue. And this is going to benefit both the European Union and it's going to benefit NATO. We still don't have a government in the Netherlands. What do you think will come out of a new government on, uh, on defense policy? Well, the, the, the parties that are probably on the verge of uh, creating a government are uh, somewhat more uh, conservative right-oriented uh, than uh, the government of the uh, Social Democrats and the Liberals. So I do expect a, a slight swing back to uh, uh, NATO, uh, but I also see uh, that the, the general line is whatever we can strengthen in Europe will also benefit NATO. So let's also continue with the work that we've been starting in uh, the European Union on defence. Certainly the Commission, uh, as a game-changer really, entering European defence, uh, making available vast amounts of money for uh, defence and uh, research and capability uh, development is of interest to the Netherlands and they want to be at the front uh, of that. So as mixed, I'm not so sure, depends on the uh, which party is going to get foreign affairs and defense, uh, but I would suspect continuity with a slight swing back to NATO. Thank you very much, Margriet. Thank you very much for your insights. My pleasure. If you want to stay updated on Café Klingendal, please subscribe to our newsletter at www.klingendal.org.